0: Warning, explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is My Truth Tell Me Yours. On this episode, I speak, I spoke, because I've already done it, with uh, Cecil Abel's the third. Cecil's a buddy of mine. I'd known him for about 20 years now. Um, He just opened the restaurant Mr. Sippy Barbecue in Rochester, New Hampshire, and I think just kind of going off the top of my head. I believe he might be the first restaurateur I've spoken to on this podcast, but, um, yeah, um, it was great to catch up with him. Uh, kind of hear the story. Cause I was genuinely curious. Uh, I've known about the Mississippi brand for a while, known a bit of his family history with it, but didn't know the whole story. So it was cool to get that info. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed catching up with them hearing that story. If you hear the rain falling in the background, that is uh, that is Hurricane Henri hitting us right now. I'm sitting in my car outside Mississippi Sippy, and uh, it's not quite the uh, devastation that news was saying, but it is raining pretty heavily today on this Monday afternoon. I guess it's technically morning. It's 1151. Anyhow... Um, Enjoy this conversation uh with Cecil and I and uh you know if you're looking for some barbecue and you're in New Hampshire, uh head to Rochester. Uh Tuesday through Saturday, eleven to seven, Mississippi is open. And yeah, enjoy my chat with Cecil Abels. You don't have the you don't have the, the, the hours on the door. Not on the uh, door
1: yet. Yeah. No. Is it just Mondays that you're closed? Sunday, Monday. Sunday, Monday. So do five days a week. Yeah. Um, that was several friends, restaurant tours. Yeah. Were like, cease, don't. Yeah, you're going to kill yourself." And For sure. Especially with the staffing right now. Like that was the goal was to go seven days a week. Right. Um, you know, and be kind of that nightlife crowd too, at least to a degree. Um, but we had to get open and yeah, yeah. We had to start making money. Yeah. When, yeah. When did you open? Um, so we could go Friday. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, we're in our infancy. This is the beginning of the fourth
0: week in August. So yeah, mid August you open yep. right on, right on. Um, but it's, I mean, you obviously I know, but people listen to this might not know Like yeah. you've had quite a quite a history of working in restaurants yeah and this is not like a i remember i mean obviously last year was kind of a a weird year for everyone yeah. um uh, i don't think I, I mean i'm fairly certain i probably didn't see you at all in 2020 but you know i didn't see a lot of people in 2020 right. but i you know i had seen you a few times and i knew, i know that this was like something that was like a long gestating and it was a, a constantly evolving thing so uh walk me through like how did how did kind of the
1: barbecue timeline
0: yeah, yeah because you're currently so you're in Rochester New Hampshire you opened a week and a half ago in yep. the location that used to be Benedict's,
1: which was here for quite some time I eighteen believe. years yeah. I believe yeah. yeah 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 so um the barbecue timeline kind of goes like this my dad's, Retirement from the Navy in 97 yep. um, was the first time I remember they had, like, a little old backyard, like, grill that was converted into a smoke grill. I think they did four or five pork butts. Right. You know, he had friends from all over the country, friends that we had lived with in Okinawa and stuff. And um, they like dad my, also Cecil Abel's. The second, he yeah. yeah. Cecil two, two. Yep. Um, and that was the first time I remember him smoking anything. Okay, like you know, a lot of people are like, "Oh, Mississippi must have been family recipes," and I mean, my grandmother was an amazing cook. All my aunts and everything are yep. amazing Southern style cooks. Um, but as far as smoking and barbecue, that was my first introduction. And then the next piece was, um, after his dad passed away, he moved down and back to Mississippi to kind yep. of help take care of his mom. Um, his sisters had been there, you know, their whole lives. He had left in the Navy and had been gone for 30 plus yep. years. So your dad's from Mississippi originally? Yep. yep. North central Mississippi. Um, and he wanted a place to book music and play music. And so him and his sister bought an old SAU building right up on the courthouse square in Carrollton Mississippi a town of between North and Carrollton Mississippi I think four or five hundred people yes um <clears throat> that's when he bought this 84 inch Lang smoker uh Lang's out of Nahunta Georgia but they are widely regarded as some of the best yep. um stick burning offset smokers yeah I had been kind of working at Dante's throughout you know after Best Buy right um which yeah. is where we, we first met yep um and so I was like, I don't know, I had like half a semester left to finish, but I was just kind of burnt out at the time yep. and decided I'd go try Mississippi. And so I, that's where I learned how to smoke, was yep. on that smoker that we have out back right now. Um, and I would get up you know, and get the smoker going at five, six in the morning, get everything on, smoke all day. Um, was that at your dad's property at that time? That was at that property they bought on the square. Sure. Yep and it seated about a hundred people we had ice cream we would make shakes i think i developed a lactose intolerance (laughs) on butter pecan fraps right smoothies i guess they would call them down there um but yeah that was that was really the full-on introduction to where i was doing it all the time and getting better at it and basically just learning Um, my cousin is a great chef and cook and we the you know, all of us developed the barbecue sauce that everyone loves today. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, that lasted about eight months before me and my dad started, like, realizing it's tough to work with family. Sure. Sometimes. Sure. Yeah. And I was like, before this deteriorates, you know, I'm heading back north. Yeah. Um, what time frame were we looking at? Like 10 years 2005? ago? 2005. Okay. So, so f- that's 15, 16, 16 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Um, did two more year to year and a half stints in Mississippi, um, doing different things. Not barbecue though. Not barbecue. Um, I mean there I would help out if sure. I was over in Carrollton. But that wasn't your main reason for no, going back. No. Um and the third time I was in Clarksdale, Mississippi, getting all that blues and yep. eating barbecue and being around that culture and stuff and you know, the the southern style food markets that sell You know, the discarded meat products that people don't eat around. You know, the general public doesn't usually eat, but they've been cooking with that stuff since 16-something, you know, uh, since way back. Um, And so just kind of good, absorbing, you know, some of that culture and Mm. uh, styles. So 2010, I think I moved back, started working at Radici, uh, where the goat is now. Right. And was just serving and getting into the kind of restaurant community in, in uh, Portsmouth. Went to Martingale. And I was kind of doing some catering. Yeah. I'd actually gotten that formed an LLC. Um, was doing a little social media and stuff. So that's kind of, yeah. I think, what helped our launch with this. Yeah. Is that between my dad and the music scene in the Seacoast area in New England. Right. Um, I'd like to think I make a good number of friends or acquaintances. Um, sure. and then in the restaurant industry, it's a smaller crowd than you realize once you're in, you know, right. get into it. Right. Um, so I was doing a little bit of catering, started working at Martingale Wharf, worked my way up to GM there. Best hands-on experience I've had in my life. Like, you know, just learning by doing, yep. um, you know, and managing a 300 seat restaurant that went from 40 employees in the winter to 140 in the summer. The yeah. Back and forth on that, um, but didn't leave much time for weekend gigs to do barbecue. Right, uh, when you're at a deck restaurant in Portsmouth. Um, but always was kind of you know we would fire the smoker up from time to time, or yeah. we would do one or two off weddings a year and stuff. So were you were you still using that same smoker? That at Same that point? smoker. So
0: when did? In that time frame, when did your father come back up north? Or did,
1: was he still down there and you brought the smoker he up? He came back up. I actually brought the smoker up before he came back, mm-hmm. I think. But I think he was back in 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's been working at Co. Brown um, and doing his music thing. Yeah, um, He's kind of trying to build a house out on the, our land in Stratford. Yeah. Um, and but you know, people were always asking, and especially as the catering business would kind of pop up, and then I'd wind it down, yeah. and um, you know, it just stayed semi relevant, I guess relevant may not be the right word, but it was floating out there, sure, in the ether. Um, and it and was so still an People entity. associate us with barbecue, sure, and um, you know, a lot of people get confused or think my dad. Is the business, right. and I'm like, well, I just took his nickname. I took sure. his name, or he, I was given his name, and then took right. his nickname. Right. Um, but I'm fine with that, you know. Sure. Like, I want to name s- recognition. Why not I want to build a successful business, right. and uh, you know, as long as he didn't have a problem with it, which I don't think he does. <laughs> uh, we're too far to go back now at this point. Right. Um, and yeah, so then after I left the wharf, where I decided I wanted to if I was going to do 70 80 hours a week I wanted to do it for myself not for somebody else right um, still did a couple other managerial jobs at a hotel Portsmouth I uh, worked at barrio for a little bit when they first opened mm-hmm. um, but then I was really trying to commit fully to Mississippi and making it happen in some way shape or form sure um, so it was catering, and then it was trying to find a kitchen, and then was it a food truck? Was it going to be catering food truck? Was it going to be brick and mortar? Right. We had a loan lined up in a down payment on a food truck last winter. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I'm calling my banker going, all right, are we all set? All set? We should know. It looks good. Looks good. Think it's going to go through next week. I'll have The final answer next week was the shutdown. Yeah. And he's like, we put a moratorium on all hospitality lending. Sorry. Um, so, you know, I'm
0: so collecting is, a little
1: unemployment. I'd this been, is like March 2020. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um, I'd been working at the carriage house down in Rye uh, with some friends over the winter. Um, and so then it was just trying to figure out, okay, what is, what is the world going to look like for the next three, six, nine, 12 right. months next year? How long is this going to last? Nobody knows. Nobody right. still kind of knows. Sure. Um, and ended up doing the ghost kitchen pop-up, online ordering, and takeout out of Dante's on the days they were closed, Mondays and Tuesdays. Right on. So, um, then we, I'd kind of been hooked up with a realtor uh, friend of a friend, and we looked at a couple properties. This was one of them. I'd known of this property being for sale, but then we finally got and looked at it, and. Uh, you know, I loved the location. Yep. Being in the town over from where I grew up, uh, for the most part, uh, was nice. Like, I kind of wanted to get away from the seacoast a little bit. Sure, Portsmouth is blown up. I just don't enjoy it as much, and I had my good times and experiences sure. there. Um, a little closer to the lakes and mountains and being back in the woods a
0: bit. And I also think the demographic who's really going to, you know, you know, use the word play but sink their teeth into a barbecue place the you know the rochester area is more you know i even particularly in up up here in the northeast it is you know it is more of a looked at as more of like a a, a working class yeah. food where you know and i'm sure there are people in portsmouth that are like portsmouth is working no, it hasn't been in quite some time yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah i mean Rochester is much more diverse than Portsmouth Sure, you know um, and there's a lot of industry coming to town. yeah, has been for the last couple of years. you know the with the economy and real estate, um, it seems like the city is doing a really good job of just trying to uh, make it a safe, healthy place to live, raise a family, yep. start a business. Um, the Economic Commission Jen Marsh over there has been really helpful a lot of the people I've worked with in the city yeah you know are not trying to be you know they're following the rules but like they're not trying to keep people from they're not being prohibitive I sure. guess is the word sure um, And you know for me as a startup with not a lot of funding or my own cash like I needed a place I could afford right you know Portsmouth. No, no small business is starting up in Portsmouth these days unless they have huge financial backing. Right. Um, And so, you know, great location at a stoplight where the smoker wafts out to Mm -hmm. Main Street. Um, You know, got the hospital right here, which I need to tap into and kind of build a little relationship with that. But um, I think we've got a great space. It fits the size, fits what we're looking to do. Yeah. Um, How many seats in here? Uh, we are set up right now for about 62, 56 yeah. or 62, one of those two numbers. Yeah. Uh, one is our actual occupancy, and then one is whatever the tables are set up for. Sure. Right um, but, you know, with the, ca- the quick serve style that we do, counter service, we give you a number, you take a seat. Um, I mean, it, the, it cycles really quickly. The food takes... Three to four minutes. Yeah. You know, their food is walking out almost as they're sitting at the table sometimes. Yeah. Which I wonder if we should slow down a little bit. But I was looking at the numbers last night for the first week, and we're about 60-40 dine-in to takeout. So clearly, whether it's, you know, COVID-related or... Summertime. Just summertime and people on the go. Yeah. People are liking takeout. And so we have the online ordering set up. Um, we're finally got most of our packaging dialed in, I think. So it's, you know, barbecue travels really well. Yeah. It holds its heat. And to me, I mean, if my brisket isn't super hot, like I don't care. Right. Like the flavors there, it's still tender. Sure. You know, if it's lukewarm, like, I don't know. I don't think it matters as much as if you get a seafood dish. For sure. You know, and it's cold when you bite into a scallop. Like that. Right, it's more off-putting
0: for sure. For so, sure. Well, and also, you know, with barbecue, when you've you know, stuff's been on the smoker for it's it's not like it just got heated up in the last five minutes. It's been it's been you know, cooking all day. And, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and then we have a, we the most integral piece of equipment I purchased while we were getting the kitchen set up is the holding cabinet. Yeah. So it keeps it at one hundred and forty which, you know, ovens don't go that low. Um, it is designed to hold food in the food safety zone. You yep. And, um, you know, after watching all the YouTube and Netflix and Amazon shows on barbecue and uh, Aaron Franklin and all these barbecue masters, like, I wanted to know, and I'm not a kitchen guy. I am not a chef. You know, I was front of house. I was right. a server, bartender, general managing type type stuff. So setting up this kitchen has been the most stressful part uh, or one of the most stressful parts is like calling my chef friends and yeah. you know, getting their ideas, getting them in here, trying to get some of them to work for me, which never really worked. Sure. But um, you know, they were all very generous with their time and expertise. And so I think we've got a really good flow here where, you know, we still get a couple comments that things were cold and stuff. And I, I just kind of got to let it roll off my back a little bit because I know that things are sitting in the, uh, the, you know, the right temperature. Sure. Um, and it is about as fresh as you can get when you're smoking um, a case of every type of protein we have on our menu a day. Yeah. And uh, but the briskets rest overnight. Yeah. You know, and but that's good. Like just like a steak, the longer it rests. Yeah. The better. So they're wrapped in butcher paper saran wrap and they sit at 140 overnight just reabsorbing all those juices and moisture and stuff so and that's how the big guys do it that's how the best big guys do it not just the crappy big guys but like the guy regarded as the best in the world at brisket so i was like okay i guess that's how we're gonna do it sure Sure. i don't need to reinvent the wheel yeah Yeah. so you're running the kitchen right now too yep um i've got three uh kid kind of dedicated kitchen staff um and i think i got very lucky or blessed or whatever, with uh, some good good employees back nice. there, um, you know varying degrees of uh, skill and ambition, but we've already been putting out some specials that I didn't develop that they did nice and um, they're using what we have, you know I tell them I want to keep a small inventory you know and cross utilization yeah you know this was this whole business model was designed. For efficiency and to you know, restaurants are generally low margin tight margin businesses. For sure. So from food cost and labor and all these things, I thought barbecue is very well suited um to keep keep it tight. Yeah. You know, and that's what we're doing in the beginning. We're going to expand, you know, and have more specials, weekly specials. We're gonna get into the music and late night piece. But right now we're just dialing in this eleven to seven with what we do and make sure we're doing it really well. And giving great customer service and hospitality in right the front on. of the house and running a clean, tight kitchen and smoker area out back.
0: Yeah, nice.
1: Yeah. Have you seen,
0: because you just opened, like, because if I'm correct, Benedict's closed before. Right? Uh, before. It was, yeah, it wasn't because of COVID. No, it was, yeah, and, you know, uh, as I was walking in here, you know, I told you I had had some experience delivering living here before. So it wasn't a hundred percent, like when I, you know, in the last year driving by here, when I first saw they were closed, I was like, can't say that that super, super surprises me. But have you, have you had people stopping by, like hoping to get breakfast and then not realizing, oh wait, it's not, it's not the, you know, the breakfast sort of, even though it's not a diner, it kind of had a diner feel to it. Yeah. You know, are you seeing many people like, are you answering a lot of questions? Like,
1: what happened? To- we did um, while we were opening. Yep. Not since we've opened. I, I think the sign kind of eliminated a lot of the questions sure. now that you know it's pretty prominent. it yep. Says barbecue on it. Yeah. Um, but definitely, yep. like, while we were working on the building and having all the contractors and stuff, and you know, a lot of people are pulling in. Well, we really, we really would love breakfast back. Um, you know, maybe we do a grab and go. Sure. Re- you know, brisket, breakfast burrito, and once we do, we're doing our own sausage and ham, you know, making, but I think if we do, it's never going to be like, you know, to order breakfast and getting your eggs cooked yeah. a certain way. It's going to be more grab-and-go yeah, with good coffee, Wi-Fi, sure. that kind of thing. Right on. Um, because we are here, I am here at 440, I mean, I live upstairs, right? but, um, you know, the smoker's getting going at 445, 5 o'clock in the morning, yeah. so it's like, if it makes sense, you know, why wouldn't we be getting some sales so sure. while we're here yeah. in the building, um, was that, um,
0: you living on premises? Was that, was that something that was like, Oh, this would be greater. It was just like a practical thing. Um, cause when I was out in Arizona, when I had the record store, our apartment was in the same building. It was basically like the front of the building. Cause it, have you been to Jerome, Arizona? I can't remember. No, my dad
1: has. Yeah. And I think he loved it, but yeah. I
0: have not. Um, I remember talking to your dad about it, um, but so the whole town's on the side of the mountain. Yeah. So, um, And it's literally one street that goes through the entire town. It just winds back and forth. So the front of the building was, was commercial spaces. And then the back, which is, you know, 30 feet above that is... Also, you know, facing the mountain, and that's all that was all commercial or um, residential. Yeah, so we literally, and there was old housing for the miners that had been converted, and we were literally right above our store, but like the the opposite side of it. But they were, um, our bathroom in our apartment shared uh, an air duct with the bathroom in our store, yeah, and but it wasn't like it was. Old. It was basically just a shaft, so you could open the window in our bathroom and look down, and open the window in our store and look up, and it would just like you know, shared space. Yeah, but it was like a like a maybe a twenty foot oh, wow. shaft of just <laughs> yeah emptiness. And once we discovered that there were like centipedes and spiders and stuff in there, we're like, don't ever open well, that again. Right yeah, but um, but it was always, and it was kind of a weird thing, like not. Not in a bad way, but it was just interesting, like, living in the same building where,
1: where you're working, too. It, um, I've had some experience with it a little bit before in small doses. Uh, the third time when I lived in Mississippi, Clarksdale, um, when I first moved into town, I was staying at my boss's, like, a loft apartment above the general store that she ran. Yeah. And so, um, and then when I was at Martingale... I lived on Strawberry Bank okay. with Tristan. Yes. And so it was like a four-minute walk to work. Yes. And So that had that kind of feel sure. to where like, you live at work. Right. You know? And when you're putting in those hours. Um, for me, I, um, I kind of wanted that lifestyle. Like sure. I knew how many hours I was going to be putting in. And I was like, well, I'm not wasting time or spending time commuting. Right. Um, and it'll give me more hours in the day. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I did like my commute when I lived uh, in Stratford for a little bit and was still working in Portsmouth. I actually enjoyed my commute, sure, and coffee, music, whatever. Like, wind sure. up and wind down. Yeah, time. you could, yeah. I, um, I mean, it's a longer
0: commute, but I was living in Summersworth and working in Nashua for, yeah. for two years, and it was just nine like 15 hour and a half uh, on a good day. A it good. was usually like an hour and 45, yeah. like I would leave my house at eight o'clock to get there for 10 yeah. and give myself, uh, you know, like 10, 15 minutes just cause I would stop it. Cause it was, there was a Trader Joe's there. Um, yeah. I wasn't working for Trader Joe's. I was you know doing the watch repair thing, but I would go to Trader Joe's every day, get my lunch for the day and that would give me enough time to go there. But, and I was also, I don't like to be rushed, especially Because as the crow flies, that's not that far a distance, but there's no direct way. So it's like it always took longer. But I did like the fact that driving home, anything, any bullshit that I had dealt with during the day, I just processed, decompressed. And then by the time I got home, it was like not thinking about it at all. Yeah,
1: Yeah, there's definitely that kind of therapeutic sense uh, to it. Yeah. Um, But... There's just so much to do and yeah, I mean, the smoker piece, that's yeah. what really makes it like, I walk downstairs, get the fire going, go back upstairs, brush my teeth, you right. know, shower, it gives me a little, yeah. um, it's a lifestyle. Yeah.
0: How long, uh,
1: how long do you smoke a brisket for? Um, we end up, it's usually about 10 and a half to 11 hours, 11 and a half hours, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes I wear, you know, a thermometer kind of remote thing on my apron. Yeah. Um, but sometimes the fire will dip a little bit or it will get a little hot, um, you know, and it alerts me when it's either in the – I've got a low setting and a high setting. So yep. if it goes outside of that window. Uh, <clears throat> I'm usually running out there, um, but I know. Um, so there's a little bit of variability in it. Sure. It's, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you hear – Ten or uh, twelve, fourteen, sixteen-hour smokes. Um, I don't know how they do that. Our brisket would be way overcooked. Yeah, I think it's the fact that our Lang smoker is a mix of smoke and convection. Yeah, um, it's cooking to you know a couple different ways. Yeah, I worked for a barbecue place out in Arizona oh, for really? about
0: God, four or five months, um, and it was when I had the record store too, and that was to subsidize because basically the record store was paying for itself, but not much else. So I was like, all right, well I need to like pay my own rent (laughs) and buy groceries and stuff. But one of the things was I would fire up the smoker at like six in the morning. um, And that was for, it was usually for like the next morning's uh, Mm -hmm. breakfast, because they they did breakfast through dinner um, four days a week and then they were open, because they were open seven days a week, but I think it was like, you know, like maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and do breakfast. But so I had it worked out where work, on my way to the record store, I would get the smoker going. And then the prep guy about, you know, 20 minutes after I started, would put everything on there, but yeah. it was just, and uh, yeah. Um, but it was, it was funny because I, uh, I had been a vegetarian for like 14 years, and then it was, you know, working there. And there's also a hamburger place across the street from the record store just smelling that all the time because it's is that when you then I start eating meat again yeah but then it's and that lasted like because i'm a vegetarian again yeah now but um We got the tofu for you yeah oh do you guys have tofu on the menu my
1: sister was vegetarian and then vegan and then yep. vegetarian yeah and i mean she you know her best friend's family owned susties yeah yeah, Northwood. So that was yeah. yeah. And then she's back to eating meat again. I got you. So what's the
0: so so what's the menu look like right now? What's, what do you what meats are used?
1: Um, so the thing we started out doing: pork butts, pulled pork. Yeah. Uh, baby back ribs. We smoke whole chickens and then we pull it. Yeah. For pulled chicken, uh, brisket, and smoked tofu. Those are the five proteins. Nice. Uh, coleslaw, potato salad, uh, baked beans smoked mac and cheese and collard greens and cornbread how do you do the smoked mac and cheese so we used to make a bechamel mix it with the pasta put in a hotel pan onto the smoker okay and we'd leave it uncovered for about 20-30 minutes and that smoke would get into the oils and we'd mix it up now what we're doing is uh, using the warming box on the smoker and putting a tray of ice yeah uh, because it already sits a little warm or cooler than the main smoking chamber yeah so we put in a four pan of ice and then put the cooling you know baking racks on half sheet pans and we smoke our cheddar and gouda and then we can make the bechamel with that yeah and not have to take up space on the smoker but it gets the smoke flavor in there sure um so we're kind of cold smoking our own cheese that's awesome um i mean we just we were starting to we've always kind of just thrown stuff on the smoker and sees what happens sure um One of our guys stopped. He lives in Epping, so he's driving through Barrington, and he stopped at Union Lake Orchard and uh, picked up a bunch of peaches. Because we were talking about what dessert are we going to run. Didn't start out with a dessert on the menu. Um, And we're like, okay, we do everything batch cooking. Like pies would be a lot of, you know, you'd have to bake a bunch of pies at eight slices of pie. Right. So cobblers you can make in big hotel pans. And we smoked the peaches. I sliced one up and i was like we could literally just sell smoked peaches cuz yeah. the sugar started caramelizing yeah. and oh it was delicious yeah and that hint of smoke it wasn't overpowering and i don't know what it is about it like it just adds a dimension i, I don't know if it's the umami factor right. kind of thing but then so then we use those peaches in the cobbler put the co- baked the cobbler on the smoker on our vegetarian smoker yeah we do have a we well, vege- so have a de- dedicated vegetarian we didn't okay. but now we uh a friend from york music friend of my dad's donated a 36 inch lane um very blessed for that um and now that is you know now i can say with certainty like it's been years anyway since meat has touched this smoker yeah um which i know if i were a vegetarian or vegan or you know i wouldn't want any residual product of an animal Show my tofu.
0: Well, I mean, mean, it depends from person to person, but it is nice that because I know there are certain people that that would be a deal breaker. And yeah, that's great to know because I think a lot of people, particularly vegans, if they hear, oh, it's barbecue, there's nothing there for me, or like there, it's an afterthought. It's, you know, it's just thrown on there and it's, uh, yeah. So that's good to know.
1: And I mean, it, it developed as a result of catering. Yeah. You know, and you do a wedding and inevitably you're going to have five to 10% that don't eat meat or something. Right. And so you have to have that option. Sure. But then my sister had worked in a tofu factory slash deli out in Northern California. Yeah. Um, where they made tofu and then they also sold it retail um, and they smoked their own tofu. So she kind of came up with, we marinate it. Uh, we get Haywa tofu out of, I think it's Rockland or Rockport. Main. Yep. So it's locally made, relatively. Um, and then we marinate it in our Mississippi sauce and then smoke it for four to five hours. And it gets a nice, kind of crisp outer skin. Yep. And then nice and soft inside. That sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah. I, what I wanted to do is she makes a really mean tofu scramble. And I want her to use the uh, smoked tofu with it and run that as a probably all the time dish. Like yeah. really chopped broccoli, finely chopped broccoli and carrots, and a yeah. little nutritional yeast. I mean, I could eat it all day long every day. Yeah, it's well, so good. It's
0: funny. I had. Um, I can't remember. Did you work with Ted Miller? Yep. Yeah. So Teddy took me out to breakfast a couple weeks ago. You know, like it's record store day, a little over a month ago, and there was a couple things he was looking for. He's not. He he works two jobs, so he's always out and about. But he's like, hey, if you see these, can you grab these? I was like, yeah, no problem. And yeah. then he was like, insistent let me take you out. I was like, I don't mind, dude. It's I'm here anyways, whatever. But he's very much like, no, nope, I want to take it. So we went to, um, a place in Portsmouth. That's been there for years. That's management's changed a couple times. That's mm-hmm. in proximity to the record store, let's say. Gotcha. And I hadn't been there in years, but they had a tofu scramble. That was like one of the staples of, it. and it was, it was my go-to, even if it wasn't breakfast. I'm not much of a breakfast food guy anyways, but, yeah. and I went there and I was just like, been thinking about it all week, and I was like, all right. And I got there, and they're like, oh yeah, we don't do that anymore. I'm like, what the bummer. F-? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we we'll get it on the menu for you. Sweet. <laughs> I mean, there's a there's a uh, Colby's in Portsmouth has a really good tofu scramble too. Do they? So no, yeah, um, no, I never. Yeah. The problem yeah. is, and I always forget they're always closed Tuesdays. And is that your day? And- well, not anymore. But it was my day off for like five years. But still, like twice in the last year since they. Reopen post-COVID, you know, some friends are like, let's get coffee, let's get breakfast. And they're like, let's, let's do Colby's. And then we show up and I'm like, it's Tuesday. I forgot. They're not open. They're not open. <laughs> oh man, Jeremy, yeah. come on. Well, it's for some reason, I'm take a day off. <laughs> and it surprises me still to like, Tuesday seems to be the day that a lot of restaurants close if they're not seven days a week. Yeah. Um, I was actually
1: a little surprised when you said Sunday, but, I mean, you know. You know, I think it, I preach to my staff a lot about work-life balance, um, working culture. And as somebody who's worked predominantly in restaurants or hospitality for the last 10 years, 11 years, like, I understand it fully. Do I want to go back ever to a Monday through Friday 9 to 5? No. No. Yeah, I don't like being on the same schedule as everyone else. Yeah, but having that weekend day um, to do family and friends stuff. Yeah, that especially when our staff is so small right now. Like if somebody needs a day off, I have to consider: are we able to open? Sure, you know. And I didn't. And so it, it kind of helps with that. Um, you know, Mondays are for me, at least. For the summer months, you know, a lot of times holidays fall on Mondays, so that's yeah. a. But I was like, well, I could get a skeleton crew and we could do a lunch service on sure. a Monday or something. So I think that's why Tuesdays, oftentimes, I think Tuesday Wednesdays have, you know, are a little bit more of a lull in sure. for the weekdays sure. than a Monday is. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. But I I thought one weekend day, one weekday, sure. And I mean, then it, I it, can. You know, if it's me, my mom, and sister, and yeah. we have everything prepped on a Saturday, we could minimally open up, sure, you know, and still do put out a good product, sure. So, well,
0: and I don't think, and particularly in this, you know, the technically not Seacoast, New Hampshire, but it's the the greater Seacoast area. I mean, it still
1: gets lumped in for yeah, some reason. and it's.
0: But we're not uh, we're not a city. It's not. It's not. Manchester or, or Rochester? Yeah, well, it I mean, is the I mean, third or
1: fourth biggest. City it is in technically
0: New I know. Well, I know that. It's just I'm just I'm thinking more like cities like Boston or yeah. even Portland, where most restaurants are open seven days a week, just because that's the what they're doing. But yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's in anyone's like that's weird that they're not open seven days a week. I yeah. think most restaurants in this area have at least one day off
1: especially and with the last year and a half yeah people have had to shorten their hours or their days for sure So i think people are more used to um a place not being open seven days a week or yeah. until nine o'clock at night every night i mean i know when i went to grab a beer with my buddy with jesse yeah um and he was like oh i want to check out revolution like i hear they got a great draft list it was eight fifteen on a wednesday night and I drove. We drove downtown, and there was nothing open. I was yeah. like, man. I mean, they're a fifty-two tap bar. I would assume they'd be open till nine o'clock. Right. But yeah, I'm still feeling. I'm still. I try to get out, you know, for and just stop in places and get a little something here and a little something sure. there. Sure. Learn the the area, my competition, or yeah. call them friends. I mean, sure. like You know, I like being a part of the restaurant industry and yeah. in the community. So just getting to know everybody in the. The flow and the style and vibe of every of the city. Yeah, and getting my finger on the pulse. Yeah, for so sure to speak. Yeah, what I
0: think, particularly in the last, because it's only been really three or four months that businesses have really started trying to get back into, even if it's not a hundred percent back to normal. Trying to do some sense of normalcy, yeah. and everyone's figuring it out and tweaking it. It's yeah. not, you know.
1: I'm the demand is there for sure. The for supply sure. chain and the labor is yeah. what has been really hard to figure out I think for a lot of people.
0: Yeah. Has um has the whole mask versus vaccination thing been any anything that's been on my mind? Well, I'm or, sure it's been on your mind. Yeah. But has it has it been a difficulty? I mean, I know you've only been open a little more than a week, so, yeah. you know.
1: Um have you gotten I mean, much pushback from that or Well, uh I mean, we don't require masks sure Um, our staff is all vaccinated Mm -hmm. Um, and Rochester I think is a little different than the Portsmouth for sure area or Exeter or Stratum or something like that Um, you know the folks that want to wear masks wear masks and I don't it doesn't even like dawn on me sure Uh, it's the times we live in right now Mm -hmm. Um, have I been considering you know, making the staff wear masks and I mean myself and the whole, my family and team that are here, um, you know, cause people that are vaccinated are still getting COVID and sure. it may not be as bad and you don't have to worry about going to the hospital, but like sure. if somebody gets sick with a tight as uh, with a tight as a crew as we have, if, yeah. you know, what do we do? Are we going to, or do we know have to close for a day or sure. for a week? Um, I don't know why I haven't implemented it, to be honest. Well, it's... And, uh, you know, with that ventilation piece, you know, and my dad was an environmental health officer in the Navy. So, like, sure. he's like, see, there is, there are probably very few safer restaurants than sure. this dining room. And- sure. Well, and, and the fact of the
0: matter is that, like, because I've had, you know, because where I currently work it's not a restaurant, but we deal with food, large public and large public and with food. And it's one of those things that, you know, I explained that it's, you know, if you have any of the symptoms that are COVID symptoms, regardless if it's COVID or not, you know, if you're throwing up, if you have diarrhea, if you have a fever, you're not supposed to be around food regardless. Yeah. So it's basically like,
1: why did it take COVID for people to start for employers to start enforcing or like being like, you shouldn't be here instead of work
0: through it. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's funny
0: because there's been a couple times where, uh, you know, where I currently work when we were, you know, because every day I get tempted, and we get asked the the questions, do you have any of these symptoms? I said, no. And there was a couple times where I wasn't feeling great. I had, you know, whatever going on. And, uh, you know, they're like, do you have these symptoms? I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, well, do you think it's COVID? I was like, well, first of all, I'm not a doctor, so I have no idea. I does like, matter what I think. I was like, I could go get tests, but it's going to take, you know, a couple days. I was like, I can get the rapid response, which I can, you know, usually hear in 48 hours, but that's still, you know, whatever if I've been exposed. I was like, but also, even if it's not, if I have diarrhea, I shouldn't be handling food. I have some kind of bug right. or GI yeah. thing going yeah, on. Yeah, some stuff. sort of compromise. Yeah. So, yeah, but I think, I think it's, It's funny because the beginning of, you know, the 18 months that we were, I mean, I worked through it, you know, I work at a grocery store. So um, the beginning of it, a lot of employers were like very generous. And I think a lot of people thought this is going to be six, 10 weeks tops. And it, you know, turned into almost 18 months. So I thought it changed from we're going to make sure our employees are, you know, Taken care of They're safe
1: They're healthy To get the fuck back to work
0: Like you know
1: Which I mean like From a small mom and pop standpoint I mean that would never be my Tone Approach But you can understand But I can understand the necessity Like if we want to keep The doors open Right It's when the big guys You know Start like Start backtracking Right it's like why? Right. Because, you know, I don't know, that's a whole that's a whole nother you know, but come on yeah. Bezos, fuck space, take care of your employees. Right. Nobody's yeah. going to space yeah. other than you. Yeah. And four exactly. people with you. Yeah. Like take care of your hundreds yeah. of thousands of employees. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too.
0: I've you know, I have a few friends that work for, you know, Whole Food Fu- Whole Foods and just saying like and they were people who worked for Whole Foods before they were acquired and they're like, Yeah, it took about a year and a half for any sort of real change to come down They're like, but they're like, Whole Foods is a great company to work for, but Amazon is not a great company to work for. And they're like, you know, a lot of the stuff they were hearing horror stories of the actual Amazon employees, the stuff that they had to deal with. And yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting time that we're in now for pretty much anyone working. Cause you know, a lot of people worked from home for the last year and a half. And I think a lot of corporations realized, Oh, we don't have to pay the overhead of having a huge space where everyone comes from, yeah. uh, and I think also a lot of people, workers, realize, oh, I'm actually worth X amount, not this. So a lot of people didn't go back to the jobs that they, you know, were furloughed from or you know were sent away from, and you know, because I know a lot of places are having trouble hiring now, but yeah. I think a lot of companies are going to have to adjust what they're willing
1: to compensate people for and go back to the budget see where they can offer their you know employees more or more yep. of a living wage or more benefits um you know yeah i mean definitely you know the labor piece was what i thought was going to be one of the hardest parts of getting open yeah the staffing up and i mean maybe it was the way i worded the ad like come be a part of our family learn right. like how to smoke you know, not a lot of places you're going to be standing around a smoker, get to chop some wood and throw it on the fire. Right. Um, so I thought that was a good kind of selling point. Um, we're paying a good hourly wage. I mean, we're paying 10 to 15 an hour. Yeah. And then uh, luckily the staff did what I, or I don't know, they started it when we had three staff in Barrington, but yeah. they are doing a full house pool. Yeah. Um, they are all sharing the tips. Yeah. And I think that bumps them, you know, with the hourly wage I'm paying, and then the, the tips, it's bumping them into, I think, a, what I feel for the job is a pretty good, you know, 20 plus. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that's great or super livable. Yeah. Uh, you know, closer to the Seacoast, definitely not. Right. Even making 20 bucks an hour, you can't really live in Portsmouth. Right. And I mean, there's apartments you can get into when you're in the area and you know people. But for the most part, if you're looking on Craigslist or whatever, like. Rent is insane, yeah. even in Dover. Yeah, I mean even in Rochester. So, yeah, oh, I,
0: <laughs> I definitely feel that. I'm I'm currently homeless right now, which is uh, it's funny because when I have a spare room, <laughs> <It's> an <laughs> empty got, apartment, but it's I've, a spare I've, room. I've got a couple. It's I'm staying in yeah with some friends in uh, Raymond right now, but that was the thing when I was just like, right, like when I went to bed last night, I put it into the GPS because I was like, I think I know. How long it'll take, but it was like you know five or six minutes longer, and I was like, all right, I'm just plan my yeah. plan my route where you know when I was because li- I was living in Portsmouth, and I just so happened the it was I had a great deal, and I got it because a friend was leaving the apartment; she had been there for seven years, she was moving in with her boyfriend, and it was it was April I moved in of last year, and it was the, like I didn't even it was all over phone and stuff like that, and yeah. the person's like. If you're cool with us not doing a repaint when I was like no first of all I've known Caitlin for you know almost 30 years I've seen the place it's immaculate I'm yeah. not worried about it but the owner of the building um, he was in his 90s he passed away his adult children didn't want to deal with it anymore so they sold it and the people that uh, bought it decided to renovate it and yeah, so they they, so they kicked us all yeah. kicked us all out this month and uh, gotcha. yeah so but I know that what because one of them was vacant when they bought it and they renovated that and it was the exact same size space that I had.
1: $500 at least more than Well,
0: I, I was paying 925 and when they renovated they were charging 1600 for it. So yeah. yeah, and it's, you know, I mean, just from a business side of it, I totally understand why they would do it, but at the same time it's just like, you know, at some point the people that keep flocking to the Northeast with money are going to stop flocking, you know, and there's not going to be room
1: for, you know, all the people that need to work in the area. Well, I was going to say the industries and the businesses are going to, I mean, unless, I mean, who wants to commute 40 minutes for a 16 an hour job? Right. Right. You know, and so I think being in Rochester and being 25 minutes away from the seacoast has, it helped with that labor piece a bunch people are like, oh, you mean there's parking and it's a four minute drive or a six minute walk? Right. Yeah. You know, and so um, lucky there. Yeah. Or it was part of the plan, to. Sure. You know, it was kind of thought of um, with deciding on Rochester or somewhere in this area. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you know, we're still hiring. Nice. <laughs> A little bit. What's um, the, um, so is the menu online? Yep. Menu is online. What's the website? Uh, mississippibbq.com And it's M-R-S-I-P-P-Y bbq bbq.com, bbq. yeah. correct. And we're on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and, you know, the menu uh, is subject to change, but very little right now. If um, you're a new restaurant, you're going to tweak it here and there. Trying but, to keep, you know, whenever we do a special, trying to post about it. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. You are thinking about, at some point, doing some, some live entertainment in here? Yep. Um, so what I think we're going to start out doing is, since we close at 7... We can flip the space, you know, and we can take out a couple of tables, up our capacity a little bit, um, and probably sell tickets that include the music and dinner or whatever. Thinking more like hors d'oeuvre app table, like sure. nachos, sliders, and then just have the bar open. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it'll all depend on, I mean, sometimes we may want to bring in a really kind of high end solo acoustic act. Sure. Maybe tickets will be a little more expensive. If it's some local friends, uh, you know. But, I mean, I also remember doing the music budget when we were at the Wharf and watching the quality match the budget. Sure. And we are we're always going to want... We're always going to have, you know. We're not just cover band. Right. We're not ever really going to probably be cover. I don't want you to hear Wagon Wheel in here. Right. <laughs> um, Wagon Wheel's a great song. Uh,
0: yeah, but it's, I mean... But it's overplayed. Want it, right? Anyone who's worked in the restaurant... Industry in the last yeah. decade, a re- restaurant
1: that has music, yeah. you've probably heard it multiple times a night. Yeah. When, yeah, We're going for more of that listening room kind of vibe, sure. unless we have like a good blues or rock, you sure. know, duo or trio. Like I just saw Jimbo Mathis over at the Stone Church in Vermont. Uh, you know, and it's like we have friends that do travel the country. Sure. And so maybe that would be a little more expensive to get tickets to that. But, um uh, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what the acoustics are like in here. It's a very loud space, generally, I think. Sure. Um, So, I don't know. Maybe we get Jesse to do a little soundproofing and engineering on that front. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think we could could have a nice little vibe in here for, you know, some music and after-hours things. And then, you know, like friends, organizations, groups that need, want a space to rent or to, you know, whether it's for money or just. Goodwill, like we have this space that is sitting empty, you know, after seven o'clock, seven thirty. So let community groups have access to it. Sure, we want to be a big part of the community. I want to tie in with the high schools. Anybody that's interested in culinary, hey, come learn and get paid while you're learning. Right, like um, you know, sports teams. We're big in the disc golf community. Yeah, we are smack dab between what I consider two of the best courses in New Hampshire so we did uh, lunch for the rally of rochester which was about a 140 person tournament at the two courses um you know if the hospital wants to do any you know we just want to be involved sure um and as we are here longer and things get dialed in i'm gonna have more energy and time to focus on those kind of outreach type things yeah. things with the common um, actually a little dance troupe came in asking they're doing a show in the commons I think next Saturday. Yeah, my uh, uh, one of my co-workers is Lila Dance that. or yeah. something. Yep. And I was like, you know, unfortunately between 4:30 and 5:30 is on a Saturday, it's the last day of our week. It's when we're starting to sell out of stuff like I don't really know that I would want 200 people descending upon us. Right. so let's talk future and I mean you know, we'll hang your poster gladly, and I'll post something about it on sure. our social media because it's Rochester-based. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like right now we just got to get our feet under us, sell sure. a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like you're, you've you've definitely got plans for yeah. the future. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I've got phase after phase after phase. Sure. <laughs> well, and it's not like, and there's no rush. There's no yeah, huge rush. I mean, it'll it it it'll come as it makes sense to. But it's also you have you know you've got you know you've had your feet in the industry for quite some time so it's not like you're going in blind because that's you know people talk about you know new certain percentage of new businesses fail in the first year and then restaurants it's a higher percentage but I particularly on the seacoast a lot of that I think just there's so much so many restaurants there and it's also the rent you know is so high so yeah I think
1: I think you're doing a lot of Smart stuff to, to to have some longevity, and case. probably a lot of people that have money and dream of owning a restaurant, but not necessarily haven't been put through the ringer, right? Doing it, and so they're not. I mean, I'm not fully aware of every little thing. I mean, as it came, as it comes to this building, you know, I've had a lot to learn in the last sure. couple months, but we got through it, and uh, I think we're in a good space now to where we can keep adapting and tweaking but have our base product. I mean, that's what I said. I was like, as long as all this stuff coming off that smoker stays as good as I know it is, I think we'll have a little leeway in maybe messing or like, you know, just, yeah, we're always trying to put our best foot forward. Sure. But like that is our number one product is our smoked goods. Yeah. Um, and everything is catching up to that. And, uh, yeah, we're going to make it. I think. Right on. Fingers crossed. That's cool. It was funny. I, uh,
0: yeah, it was probably a month ago when I drove through here and saw the sign for the first time, and I was just like, you know, because like I said, I hadn't seen you in yeah. at least a year. And I, I was, was like, it's festival festival. I think so. Um, I, know, I or, think
1: maybe. Or did I run into you
0: on I the streets somewhere? I might have even run into you at Barrio. Um, I don't remember, but it was at least like it was probably like eighteen to twenty-four months ago. Yeah, and then. Um, you know, because when it was at the the festivals in, in the space in Stratford, you know it was your dad who was like running the smoker, but you know I knew we had talked at that point about you know you wanted to expand make this make company. make it a thing, and um, so when I drove by, I was like, "Oh, right on, that's a you know cool that's you know, which is why you know I reached out to you, and I was like hey yeah. let's 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 sit down, and let's talk yeah. about it, because I was genuinely curious. From where where you know last we had spoke yeah. how how did it progress so and, and and ultimately that's why I end up doing this podcast first and foremost I mean yeah if I've got any friend who's doing anything artistic and I certainly think food is is an art as well yeah. it's you know it's uh, it's a, it's a consumable art right. uh, I, I'm I'm all about. You know, chatting with them and, and and you know, getting the getting the word out. So yeah, yeah.
1: well, it's been a journey, and um, you know, I think someday going back to using my English teaching degree or just you know, working with kids and students and stuff and being like, you can do whatever you want. Yeah, you know, like because I've it's I can't believe I'm here when the when the sign went up one evening and there was a nice sunset behind it. and I'm just staring at it, but, you know, and getting pretty choked up. Like yeah. This has been something I've wanted to do for 12 plus years now. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's a reality. Yeah. Wow.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure if, you know, if when we first met, like probably close to 20 years ago now, I was like, Hey, you know, in 20 years, you're going yeah. to be owning a barbecue restaurant in Rochester. I'm sure you'd be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah right? What? Yeah. But, I mean, so many of our, our things in our lives are like that, you know, yeah. when you look back on it. But, yeah, no, I think that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Thank, right you. Thank yeah.
1: you. We're pumped to be here. Nice. And
0: plan on being here a while. Sweet. Yeah, so. I'm uh, psyched to come back and try some of the smoked tofu.
1: I think I might send you home with some toast. Sweet. Sweet. Okay. Awesome. So. Thanks for taking the time, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I know you you're out super busy right now and this is (laughs) hey hurricane day is a great day to like you know we're kind of going at a nice i'm resting even though i'm working sure Sure. moving at a leisurely pace today and doing a little prep and uh yeah right on so mr sippy's in rochester new hampshire tuesday through saturday 11 to 7 11 to 7 right on thank you scott